and Lex. Two imperfect six-figure business coaches, co-founders, and friends who decided to combine our superpowers to bring to market something we wish we had when we entered the world of coaching. A real non-BS, intimate, and fun community built with integrity, intention, and a few glasses of wine. In this podcast, we get real. Real about life. Business. Relationships and what it really takes to find your version of success in the world of coaching. Are you ready, Lex? I'm set, Em. Let's coach. Hey, Lex. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I know we are like super fans of most television shows, but can we talk about books today? Like, what are you reading? Yes, um, guys, Em and I both love to read, which admittedly has been a lot harder the past three months of having a newborn. Um, I just finished Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, did you like it? I did. I I did like it. Like, not the best book I've ever read, but definitely enjoyable. I became invested, like, halfway through. Easy read. It's on Reese's Book Club, and I read a lot of those. Do you ever read those? They're just Yeah, I haven't. I heard so, so much mixed stuff about it. Like, people were like, this is the most beautiful book, and this is the most boring book. Okay. Yeah. I think there were definitely parts that I was a little unengaged with. And then towards the end, it picked up more. Um, yeah, I would say like not the first book that I would recommend, but I did enjoy it. Like it was a good book. I can see why people like it. What about you? I finished a book. If you want like a fun rom-com called book lovers and it was by the author Emily Henry, which I really enjoy her books. She read, she wrote a book called Beach Read and People That You Meet on Vacation. Um, but it's, a, it's a story of these two people who work together in New York, but end up in this like Hodong town where one of the books was set and, you know, unexpected love story happening thing, not to give it all away. Not to give it all away. I feel like, um, I've heard I saw you on Instagram reading that. Yeah, I saw you too. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but then more like self-helpy books that I'm reading right now. I'm listening to Attached. Have you heard of this one before? Mm -mm. It's about your different attachment styles, like how you, when you date someone, are you anxious? Are you avoidant? Are you secure? It's it's actually really even interesting to look internally at, at your relationship. Um, I, with my husband, I have a very secure relationship, but I, in past relationships, I've definitely been avoidant or anxious where you don't hear from them for a day and you're like, they're off gallivanting with someone else or they don't like me and all of your insecurity pops up. That's a fun one. You know, light, light. Feels I was like, good. That sounds very triggering, but that's great. <laughs> very triggering for sure. I think I cried. Um, and then the other book that I'm reading, which I find interesting so far, it's called Adult Children of emotionally immature parents. Oh, okay. It's a light read. Yeah, I was, okay. Yeah, Emily is great with the self-help business book recommendations. She knows this, but I consume my business and self-help on podcasts and I stick to my reading strictly uh, strictly fiction. Um, Don't know why, that's just what I need. Um, I have read a couple business books here and there. Um, one book I wanted to give a shout out to that I just bought is next on my list because I know the author and it's new, um, Paradise City by K. 
Catherine Elizabeth Gregg. You can get it on Amazon. She is a female founder of the Aman House Publishing. Um, and yeah, I don't, I can't tell you how it is yet, but that's next on my list as a really beautiful cover. It's sitting on my bedside table. And next time Ashlyn lets me sleep <laughs> or she sleeps I am, and I'm not working, I'm going <laughs> to crack that open. I know. I love the idea of listening to a book while you're sleeping and absorbing it all in. That would be, that would be the best way to do it. But tell us your favorite books too, or if you have any summer reads, uh, we want to hear from you. So drop us a DM, um, definitely a blog post in the works of roundups of the best books to read for, for business and personal. Yeah. Send, send them both. Um, I'm like very, uh, agnostic when it comes to genres. So I like everything from science fiction to witches and word blocks to rom-com to murder. So really if you have a good love, book, send it. Love what murder. She's, she's, a, a murder. She's, a crime, she's a crime junkie. She's like, did you read about, did you watch this like violent thing? I'm like, I'm so grateful that no, I didn't <laughs> tell me, <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, yeah, I have a, I don't know where that comes from. There's probably some deep psychological childhood. <laughs> um, but okay. So I don't have a natural transition. Okay. From books. So books cost money and there are the people who, you know, go to live. Actually, it's funny. I, I use Libby. Have you ever used this app Libby? For no, but I've books? heard about it. I've heard you talk about it. Oh, it's amazing. So basically, if you have a Kindle or an iPad, you can download books from the library on Libby, which I thought I didn't realize for like seven years of owning a Kindle. I just thought you had to pull the trigger and buy a book that just you couldn't lend to anyone. Um, but my husband, he's, he doesn't mean this, I don't think. But he's when I got my library card and stuff, he's like, what are you a poor? Like, why are we going to the library? Like, can you not afford to buy like a $7 book on Amazon? And I was like, I can, but like, it's more sustainable for the world. Anyways, that's just a terrible, terrible story. But he always jokes because I'm a poor. Who, 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 <laughs> I was a good person. Don't worry. He's <laughs> a good person. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Greg. Um, anyways, things cost money. Life costs money. Books cost money. We have kids and they cost a lot of money. They cost so much money. Like they need to come with a price tag when they're born. Bills cost money. Bills cost money. Self-care costs money. I'm getting my monthly massage tomorrow. That's not free, sadly. So how do we, how do we pay for these things? How do we make money? How did we hit our first six figures? is the topic. Good job, Em. Thank you for that transition. Okay. Yeah. All with, with being a poor, um, and going to the library. Anywho. Yeah. So <laughs> Emma, let's, okay. I'm going to ask you first, cause I know our journeys are different mm-hmm. and we were, we've been business owners, um, in different routes and different amount of time. So tell us, tell everyone how you came about hitting your first six figures. Yes. So I started my business in 2014. It became a full-time business in 2016. I sur- surpassed my corporate revenue in 2017. No, 2016. 2016, I surpassed it, which was amazing, that feeling of being like, oh my God, I made more than corporate. And 2018 was when I hit my first six figures. And funny enough, Lex, it was when I became a coach that I crossed the six-figure line. Before that, I was hosting events in 10 markets across the country. We were hosting a 
bevy of events, so many of them. Um, and my revenue stream really at that point was just hosting events and occasional sponsorship deals. I think at this point, my first sponsorship deal was like $400, $500. And I was giving them the moon. I was giving them everything and, you know, bending over backwards for them. And then 2018 is when I got my first coaching clients and I was charging $3,400 for six months of coaching. And truthfully, it was, it was through coaching that like helped me soar over that line. So, and then also fast forward to pandemic, I think pandemic taught me to sit down and reassess what was working in terms of an energy point of view. And I was able to, to create group programs with Lex, create a mastermind and pivot from in-person to virtual and really scale that way. So what I'm hearing is you had diversified revenue streams and that's kind of a big thing that helped you hit my hearing correctly. Oh, correctly. Oh, and also I would charge like $4,500 for a sponsorship at this point. So So you raised your prices because you understood your worth and you had more experience and Mm -hmm. you had multiple income streams. A hundred percent. And I want to have, I also just want to add when I first started my business, and I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode, I did everything in my power to make sure that my business survived. I was single, living in New York City. My my biggest expense was a $1,600 a month uh, rent. And I would contract out. I did events for other people, for other businesses. I did, um, I babysat. That did not count towards my revenue. But I just do want to note that my revenue did come from doing events for other organizations and consulting and all the random things that I did along the way. Um, you're way better at visuals than me, so why don't you kick this off? Okay, so guys, close your eyes, take a deep breath. Now imagine that you're living on an island, sipping spicy margaritas in between coaching calls, effortlessly signing 10K months. Well, doesn't that sound like every other Facebook and Instagram ad you've seen from coaches? The reality for most new coaches, you find yourself spending countless hours searching for your ideal clients, doing all the free trainings and working tirelessly as you attempt to differentiate yourself in a saturated market. Way to be a buzzkill, Lex. But yes, that's way more accurate. However, what if... What if what? What if the magic formula to building a profitable and sustainable coaching business didn't have to be so complicated? What if attaining your version of a dream life didn't have to remain on your far away someday list? What if someone took the time to sift through all the crap that's out there and finally created a program built specifically and only for well-intentioned and qualified coaches and coaches to be just like you? Hey, we did that. That's what I'm getting at, Lex. It's time for you guys to meet M&I's business baby, Ready, Set, Coach. It's a turnkey program built by coaches for coaches that focuses on teaching coaches how to build a profitable business that supports their lifestyle. Learn more at readysetcoachprogram.com. Now enrolling. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really, really important for people to hear. Um, not everyone, especially for coaching, there's so so much out there where you're seeing like 
90 days to make six figures or like people are making it seem so easy. And that way more often than not, Emily, you texted me a stat the other day. I was like bike riding and I saw it. And I think it was like the average coaching business makes 34,000 a year in the last two years. Was that it? Good memory. Yeah. 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 That was it. That was, that was a great memory. And that they, um, they shut their business in two years. Yeah. Yeah. So don't feel like everyone and their mom is doing this thing so easy. Sometimes you do have to do other things on the side to make it work until it does work. Have you ever done anything on the side, Lex? For sure have. Um, I feel like I've always done things on the side when I had corporate. Um, okay, let me let me talk through my journey to six figures because that'll that'll kind of segue into that. So I'm a newer business owner. Um, I went, I, I started the brand, my first company um, in late 2019. And by starting the brand, I kind of started testing the coaching waters. Um, but I, I really launched it and went full-time in 2020, January of 2020. Pandemic hit, we all know what happened to the world. I hit my first six figures in year two of business. So in 2021, so I did not hit it year one, but I hit it year two in 2021. I'm about halfway through. And the main, I can point to a lot of things. I had a lot of grit. Um, I was doing a lot of things. I was doing a lot of marketing and PR of myself and my business. Some things were prosperous and turned out some were a flop. I really wasn't too, too selective. I am more now because my brand is more well-known, but at the beginning, I, I really just, anyone who would have me speak, anyone who wanted to collaborate with me, as long as our values were aligned, I did it. Um, I, I said, yes, I threw out all the yeses. Now I feel like I've earned a little bit more insight and the ability to, to say no, but that year one was really just hitting the ground hard for brand awareness. The other thing I did, I started doing this incorrectly at the start of 2020. And then I was able to fix myself about halfway through the year. And this is what helped, helped me scale. I started by launching with an offering suite that was everything in the kitchen suite sink, meaning <laughs> there was like five different ways you could work with me. And what I learned was that actually confused people. They didn't know what they want. It really worked against me. And that's a huge mistake we see people make is, oh, they, they can do a lot of things or they can, you know, sell this, that, and this, and they want to hit more people that I, um, from experience and from clients actually think that can hurt you. So I dialed in and I focused on one signature program. I had another lead in offer. Um, and I, I had a like graduation offer, but the main thing I marketed, the main thing I talked about was that singular program and doing that, committing to that is what enabled me to fill that. Once I filled that, then I was able to transition people into the next stage of working with me, et cetera. So basically I narrowed in my offerings and I committed and M and I is, that's exactly what we've done with Ready, Set, Coach, right? We have one core group program. We could probably have 20 other ones, right? Um, but we very specifically focus on one. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, well, First off, I hear so much from what you just said in your story, Lex, uh, the power of collaboration and saying yes to opportunities. 
the importance of brand awareness and becoming this household name. And I think this is something Lex and I are both really proud of is we have really solid reputations because we lead with giving first and taking second. Truly, like we, whenever I, I mention Lex to people, they're like, oh my gosh, she introduced me to this person or she shared this resource with me. And, and it was never a nickel and dime kind of situation. And then the third thing that you did really well is you focused on one program. Once you figure it out that like, you don't want to give them everything. You don't want to distract with too much choice. You really want to be known for one singular thing. And for Ready, Set, Coach, we're launching our third cohort. And I think what we've learned is we've kept the, the same program, but we've also been able to, to reevaluate the program after we're done with it. So after each time we finish the program, we're like, okay, you know what? We did a, we threw a lot at them. The first one was July, August, four months, but it was very intense. Three right? months. Three months, three months, three months. Sorry, three months. I'm like, what, what month? We start? Yeah, it was three months, but it was really intense. We met every single week. And we're like, you know what would be awesome if we gave them more space? Why don't we do biweekly? And we saw that like biweekly was just such an incredible, incre- incredible change. And then we're like, you know what? The next cohort, some people were super users and wanted to talk to us every single day and, you know, ask for feedback on every piece. Some people barely used us. Why don't we create a tiered pricing? So we're taking the same program, but we're reimagining it and we're, we're sitting down and we're going to the drawing board, but we're, we're just making small little adjustments and tweaks. And that's so important with coaching for, as I mentioned earlier, I launched my first coaching one-on-one at, for 3,400 for six months. At the end of six months, I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to ever do six months with people again. This feels like too much time. But I, this price point and this amount of time feels right. So I changed it to four months. Same amount of time spent, but it was consolidated and sped up. And then something that I do, Lex, and I think you do this as well, is every about five clients, I kind of give myself a, a manager review or employee review. I'm like, how are we feeling? How do we feel energy-wise? And I usually give myself a raise. Do you yeah. do something like that? Yeah, I've definitely had price raises. And that kind of segues into a point about pricing. We'll do a whole episode on pricing, but in order for both of us to hit our first six figures, we had to understand how much we had to sell of our programs and our things to hit that. So, and one of the reasons I didn't hit it in 2020 was I was priced too low to the PR bar. My first company is only one-on-one. So in order to have hit six figures at the price point that I had for that program in that format, I would have had to have way more clients than I physically had the capacity to serve. So you have to understand what numbers you need, both from a client load and a pricing perspective to hit that six figures. So I have scaled back how many people I work with at this point, allow, and I've tweaked my programs a bit and enabling me to charge more. Um, so I need less people to hit those revenue numbers. And I think this is the biggest misconception that we see. We see these new coaches that are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and they're fresh out of their coaching program. And they're like, I want to make $500,000. You're like, wow, that's amazing. So how many clients do you want at a time? And they're like, oh, I think I have capacity for about 20 at a time. You're like, okay, okay. That's a lot. That's a lot of holding space for someone. I feel like 
I always think of the TV show, um, what they do in the shadows, there's the emotional vampire. And holding space for someone, even if it's the best client in the entire world, is still emotionally draining. And so I think there's this element of just needing to look at your prices and really understand, do your prices make sense to your lifestyle? And does the number of clients that you want to hold make sense for your lifestyle? And kind of build it backwards. Right, which I mean, literally is why we built Ready, Set Program, um, Ready, Set Coach Program, excuse me, is to build coaching programs that support your lifestyle because we've made those mistakes. You know, I've I've had way too many clients at just like Emily, like a lower price point that ultimately wasn't supporting my lifestyle, my health, and wasn't getting me to the number at the end of the year that I wanted. Um, so we're hoping we're going to save you guys some of the mistakes by listening to this podcast. Obviously, if you guys want more intimate support, you can reach out and learn what it's like to work with us. How about that for a plug? <laughs> that was a really nice plug. So I think we should give them homework and yeah. we love some homework. So what I would recommend doing is starting with a number, starting with an end number. You're like, okay, I want to make hundred thousand dollars this year. Cool. So if you're making hundred thousand dollars, how many clients can you support? If you're, we're going to pretend that you're just doing one-on-one clients. How many clients realistically can you support at a given time? Okay, the number's five. Five at a time. Your program is four months long. Um, help me out with some math here, Lex. They can How, pick- and you have to know the cycle. Oh, gosh. Okay. So like 16 say- clients a year, basically. Yeah. I would say, let's say you have 16 clients. You have the capacity for 16 new clients a year. So little gentle math here divided by 1600. So you're have to you're going to have to charge $6,250 per client. And note that and this is a whole nother episode. Gosh, we keep coming up with episodes. Um but knowing your billing cycle. So if you're getting $6,250, are you getting that in one time? Are you giving them a payment plan? Um know that there's going to be dips and there'll be peaks in, in the income that comes in and to plan accordingly for that. Yep, great homework. So um, slide into our DMs per usual if you have any questions about that. We also, and we'll include this in the show notes, have a really great free mini ebook about the five numbers you should know when launching a coaching business. So completely free, we'll include that in the show notes if you wanna snag that, that goes over things like your net income and your gross sales and and really just breaks it down super, super tangibly. So you could download that and have that while you're doing your homework too. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, and that's the other caveat too, that I want to be really transparent about. And this is what we're hoping to achieve with this podcast is sure you're making a hundred thousand, multiple hundred thousand dollar years. Are you really payrolling yourself a hundred thousand dollars? Most likely you're not. And there's a multitude of reasons why you aren't um, the number one being tax reasons that especially dependent on how you're filing your, your business, you don't want to be paying yourself that much. You want to keep a lot of it in the business. So I highly recommend surrounding yourself with smart people, uh, an accountant, someone who can help you navigate like how to manage that money. I have a girlfriend who was making a lot of money and had very little overhead and her accountant's like, nothing. We can't write off anything. <laughs> You're going to owe so much money in taxes. And yeah. so 
just being cognizant that while we are a hundred thousand dollar plus business owners, it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that that's my salary to myself every month. Yep, there's a lot more that go go into that, and you actually want. <laughs> Um, you want to make your business look like it's not making as much money um, to the point of if you are profiting way too much, a lot of that's going to go over to taxes. Um, so just a little asterisk there. Actually, we should bring on an accountant in one of our podcasts. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I okay. Looking forward, we will have an accountant in a podcast and we can answer more of these questions, these hard hitting questions about uh, paying yourself, setting up yourself as a business, all of the things. But for now, your homework is to take that number and do a little bit of basic math. And I want you to find out how many clients do you need to reach that number? And what's that price point that you need for those clients? And then thinking if like you need five clients a month, or you have the capacity of five clients a month, like how are you going to market? Go back to our last episode. I'm like, how are you going to market? How are you going to reach these people and start filling those pipelines. Yeah. And if you have questions or if you're feeling overwhelmed, reach out. We'd love to chat. Um, Know that, again, multiple revenue streams can help you get there. So we gave you homework. You have a lot to think about. Um, Share with us how you're feeling, how you're thinking. Until next time. We'll see you next time at Ready, Set, Coach podcast. If you're enjoying the Ready, Set, Coach podcast, please leave a review wherever you are listening. For more information about Ready, Set, Coach, visit readysetcoachprogram.com.